0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. You've heard me say this before. If you want to be a great leader, you need to get out of your bubble and go to where your people are. My guest today knows this very well. Brian Brown is a submarine-qualified chief warrant officer in the U.S. Navy. He knows that if you want to understand what's really happening on a submarine, you talk to a sailor, not the captain. Brian is making a positive impact in the lives of sailors, and I'm excited to get his take on how to be a more effective leader. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brian Brown. Brian is Chief Warrant Officer in the U.S. Navy, but more importantly, he's a submariner. He's also co-founder of Sailors and Sticks, a nationwide group of more than 1,300 sailors and former sailors who enjoy good cigars and great conversation. He co-hosts the popular Sailors and Sticks podcast, which is one of my absolute favorites. At the end of the day, Brian is an experienced, hands-on leader, and I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about his philosophy on leadership, so Brian, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I've been a, a fan of yours for a while. been following the the podcast and what you've been doing. So I appreciate you having me on board.
0: Yeah, and I've been following you as well, and and I'm a member of the Sailors and Sticks community. So I enjoy uh, this. Is going to be fun for me to have you on on my oh. show. So, but uh, first of all, I want to get started. Talk a little bit about you and your career and how you ended up, you know, where you're at. So why did you choose, I know you're from North Carolina, I'm here in North Carolina now, why did you choose to become a submariner in the first place?
1: Um, I think like most people, I was a high school guy, I didn't really know what was next for me. Um, I came from a a different type of background, where college was the only thing that you were supposed to do. Um, I didn't really find myself having that passion yet. So uh, I actually, uh, my accounting teacher, uh, one of the classes I took when I was a senior, She brought in uh, a Navy recruiter, and uh, this guy was telling me, like, all the places he got to go and, like, the stuff he got to do as a job. And I was like, man, that sounds pretty cool. I'll do that. Um, Went and took the test. ASFAB, obviously, uh, scored pretty well. Uh, They they offered me submarines. uh, And I was like, well, I've never done that before. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because my dad was a big – my dad's a big movie buff, and uh, one of the first teen movies he took me to was Hunt for Red October. Oh, wow. And I fell asleep during it because I was like, I'm never going to have to worry about this anyway. This is stupid. And I fell asleep. Um, I was a young kid, obviously, not knowing what what the hell was going on with my life. But um, turns out I was wrong because I, I ended up spending over half my adult life doing it. So, wow. Um, uh, yeah, just pretty much uh, I'm lucky to have found the Navy because uh, I really didn't know what I was going to do after I graduated high school.
0: No, it's great. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, as I talked to many submariners, some, some have a similar story to yours, which is, you sort of get offered this opportunity, you say, well, I've never even thought about that, and you go in that direction. And I know for myself, I had, you know, growing up in the Cold War, and seeing, you know, and hearing stories of, you know, this cat and mouse game between, you know, the Soviets and, and the US forces, to me, that was just intriguing. And I actually wanted to go in this direction. But, um, you know, but, it's kind of funny. Everybody's motivated slightly differently. How you end up in on a submarine in the middle of the ocean, someplace. Yeah,
1: you know? I was uh, listening to the guys at test step, and they uh, one thing that caught me with the interview said you were always fascinated about submarine warfare. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool because, like, for for most of us, it was like a kind of afterthought once you get into what you're doing. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it was always interesting, and uh, it was kind of a dream of mine, and and actually got a chance to do it. So. Yeah. Awesome. So you, uh, we talked a little bit about it before we started, but you're a bit of a unicorn. So you're a submarine qualified warrant officer. And, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, when we, when we talked earlier is that I've never really ran into too many in my time in the Navy. So how did you end up on the warrant officer path? And then what's really the role of a warrant officer in the submarine Navy?
1: So, uh, it's interesting. I mean, like I, I talked about it a little earlier with you is that, um, I spent 17 years, 17 years of my career as an enlisted guy. Um, started my career out in San Diego. Um, my first boat out there, USS Bremerton. Uh, was on Bremerton and Key West out there. And then did some time on Miami, USS Miami, and then Dallas. And then my last uh, boat was USS Virginia, which I was on. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they got you through as far as career-wise was, hey, you go be a chief on a boat. Then you go be a cob, and then you go do so forth and so forth. Um, it turns out when I was at uh, squadron as a squadron FT, there wasn't really the cards for me to progress and go up and be a cob. Um, just it wasn't in like the chain as far as uh, working your way up to be the next rank. And so I know if I was going to go back to vote, I wasn't going to be able to do anything out that side of capacity, which I've already done. So I wanted a challenge. I wanted to do something new. Uh, My buddy, Josh Razor, who's also a submarine ordnance officer, uh, actually put me on the program, and him and I talked about it, and uh, I applied, um, and then when I got picked up, that that took me off on another career path.
0: That's great. So, you know, and, and, and we can't talk about too much what you do, but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you basically support, the, support the, the boats with respect to weapon systems or weapons, actually, right?
1: Yeah, so weapons handling, inspections, uh, anything that we do for certification, we do, uh, when they do before they deploy, we'll do certifications and things like that. So that was my job leading up to this point. Uh, one of the things that uh, the community is, is the reason why you don't see too many of us, there's only like 23 of us in the Navy. Oh, wow. So that's why you have ran so many of them. I mean, so you truly like, are a unicorn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. so they're not. There's not many of us at all. We all know each other. Um, it's a small community. Uh, so when you definitely see a warrant officer, it's probably uh, it's a definitely rare thing because we're not all over the place.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I never really ran into. I, I'm trying to get squadron if I did, but I don't really even remember. So, yeah. but uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about leadership. And um, you know, I, I I get a feel. F- Feel for what kind of leader you are based on some of your posts and some of the things you put on social media But one thing really stood out and actually turned out it was actually veterans day. I look back at it Um, You you put a you put a post on there and it was a conversation or something that someone had 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 written to you from one of the sailors that uh, At at one point worked for you and I I thought it was really powerful And this is i'm going to kind of read what he says He said that you taught him a lot about and, and i'll quote him here leadership ownership and that leadership isn't isn't just about being a hard ass and barking orders but putting work into developing your men as better leaders and people inside and outside of the workplace that was really powerful because i think when i when i talk about why i have this podcast why i write what i write my books why i do what i do is i want to make a world with better bosses and that to me is the sign of a better boss trying to make you know instead of being hard ass barking orders, you're actually trying to make people better. And, um, that was really powerful. How did you feel when you saw that write up? I know you had put some things out there.
1: The, um, it meant a lot to me because, uh, a lot of my sailors that aren't even out anymore or that aren't even in anymore, sorry. Uh, they still reach out to me and they tell me like, Hey, I appreciate you doing these things, being involved in my career, whether regardless of whether I'm still in the Navy or not, uh, that you, that I know that you actually cared about me and it wasn't like a front that you weren't trying to be a fake leader. Like, Oh, I give I, I give a fuck about your career just because you're in. No, I want those guys to be successful, whether they're in or they're out of the Navy. Like that's, that's my job is to make them better people than they are when they left, you know? Um,
0: yeah. And what I, what I got from that post also is he said, you know, when you first, he was a junior sailor, when you first met you, I think you were probably a chief at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said something like, you know, you didn't come around and just start barking orders and tell them what to do. You actually got to know him. You guys talked about music. You talked about where it was from. You got to know a person. And that's, you know, I think that's missing a lot in leadership. People say, well, I, you know, my rank, I'm a, I'm a chief and you're I don't know what he was at
1: the time. Maybe, uh, you know, I think, at the time, I think at the time we were talking, it was like
0: E5. Yeah. So but then, you know, you didn't you, you could easily pull rank in the Navy, right? Say, well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a chief. You do what I say. But instead, you got to know him.
1: So this guy was a CS, uh, the guy who we're talking about. Uh, he lives in Tennessee right now. We still talk. Uh, very smart kid, right? So, like, the common misconception about CS is, is that they're not smart. This guy has a mechanical engineering degree. Mm. Like, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. So uh, very smart kid. Um, actually got out the Navy, but we still talk. I talked to him last week, actually, before I've been traveling. So I just I, – I recently touched base with him. Uh, he's doing real well, doing real well for himself. And, um, I mean, we still have a friendship to, that continues to this day. And that was over about 10 years, almost 10 years ago
0: now. Wow. Wow. So obviously you, you know, I talk a lot about leadership making, uh, making impact on lives, right? It's a, that pebble that drops in the water and the impact of, that you have is wide and, and you can be, a, you know, your, your impact can be positive or it can be negative, right? And we've yeah. all had bosses that, you know, have been quite, you know, negative in our lives. Yeah. Um, how, how would you, you know, if you were to define your leadership style, well, how would you describe it?
1: Um, I would say like I, I get involved. Um, one thing that hit me when you talked about your, uh, leadership and what you in, experienced was, uh, the situation you were in and you said that guy was using that thing for a mallet and he like worn <laughs> it down. Right. And I, I think a lot of us, I, I think a lot of people should listen to that because I think a lot of us miss the mark is when we're not down on the, um, actual deck plate seeing how things go. Right. We miss a lot of stuff that, uh, people are just like, Oh, it gets done. Or this is too busy. We just, we just overlook this. Right. Uh, But once, once you're actually there eyes on target, right. Um, A lot of people act differently. They do things differently, or they bring things to you that, Hey, this is a problem. And they know they haven't got it solved at their immediate level. Right. So I think you have to be involved with your people. Like you have to know their needs, wants and desires, right. Those constantly things are changing And the higher ranking you go, sometimes we lose sight of that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I find, you know, I worked 22 years in corporate America and I found that a lot of leaders ended up in a bubble, right? They were in and around other leaders, other senior managers, and they all had, you know, this group think, right? Everything is great. You know, they're, they're only listening to the people in their bubble. And they didn't break out of those bubbles enough. And a lot of of times you'd see corporate offices were away from the factories or away from where the value was added. And they all had this sort of, you know, they they never got out to where the people were to understand the, the challenges that they were facing. And, you know, throughout my entire career, I've always been either on a boat or in a factory. So I've always been around where the value is being added. And I did a little bit of time in an office, like two years, and I couldn't stand it. I had to get back to another factory. I had to get to back back to where the value is added. And I think that's a big problem is that we get some leaders. And as you mentioned, the higher you go, the more you tend to
1: get isolated. Well, you brought it up. Uh, one of the things that I, when I listen to your podcast too, as well, is they were talking about um, just like being surrounded by yes men and how like people will always tell you what you want to hear and you need people like that are gonna I mean I'm constantly known as bucking the system kind of guy man I'm not I mean if you look at me I'm fully tattooed in the ward room like I'm not one of those guys who's gonna be quiet and uh, I feel like sometimes you have to be that guy because everybody's telling the boss what he wants to hear but not always the truth right um, mm-hmm. sometimes it goes from this thing is not effective at all and by the time it gets to the head guy it's like oh well it works sometimes but the guys are okay with it but they miss that mark in between where it goes between hey the sailors on the deck plate think this is a stupid idea and it doesn't get it to the top guy because it gets filtered down so much um he never gets the truth
0: yeah that is a problem in fact i think too the other thing is i think weak leaders like to be surrounded by yes men i think strong leaders want to hear other people's opinion and and I think that's really important to be able to listen to the opinion of other people. I tend to want to ask uh, like okay what do you guys think? I'm 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 leaning towards this direction. What what do you think? What what am I not seeing? And I want to hear people say you don't want to go this way because of these reasons. I want to hear that. I want to hear that pushback. I want to understand. And sometimes as a leader you have to say well thank you but we are going that way and these are my reasons and what have you. So
1: but I that think it's important the, to
0: get that feedback.
1: That was the thing that I liked about being at uh squadron um, being at that level is I've been, I had a lot of chiefs that were really seasoned and had have done multiple tours. So they weren't afraid to tell me they're like, sir, that's a stupid idea. Or, like they weren't, they were they didn't, they didn't hold back the punches and I wanted that. Like I wanted people to tell me like, Hey, if I'm being dumb, let me know. Mm. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, I, I didn't, I had one guy that stands out in my head. Uh, Lance Skiba, he was a, uh, he just he tells you like it is man and he doesn't care who you are whether you're e1 or o10 like he's gonna tell you something's dumb and i i like that like the guy he didn't have the most pc but i needed the people like that i wanted somebody like that that was telling me hey you're fucking up don't do it that way we need to do it this way and i i I love that about
0: him yeah that's good but you got to be strong to be able to take that kind of feedback and and i think that um what I've saw in, at least in corporate America is that sort of the weak leaders couldn't handle it. They didn't like people telling them the truth. They wanted them <laughs> to just say what they wanted them to yeah. say. So, <laughs> so you mentioned a couple of times, I really like this terminology. What do you mean by when you say deck plate and, uh, and I've heard the term use deck plate leadership. What in your mind, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So it gets overused in the Navy as we always tend to overuse a lot of things. Um, but if you get to the root of the word, like the root of the words is like, you have to be on there, be involved. Um, Being a leader doesn't mean sitting in the wardroom or sitting in the chief's quarters, uh, hanging out with people that are only your type, right? Being a leader means uh, you go down to the torpedo room or you go down to the head where the guy's cleaning, you go do the stuff that they don't expect you to do, but you get involved with what they're going on. And like, I mean, for all you know, that problem, the sailor on board your boat's probably having issues with his family and that's why he's acting out the way he is. But you might not know that if you don't leave your bubble, right? Mm-hmm. You, sit in a, you sit in your bubble where everybody's like you and you get along with them and you don't go find out what's going on in the ship. You're never going to be that intrusive leadership we're trying to get to.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was the guy that would sneak out uh, during field day and actually clean, help clean in the back. When I was the uh, machinery division officer, I had the the uh machine mates and we I'd go back there and just just because I could spend time with them so I would yeah. just go back there because I felt I always felt like it wasn't it was it wasn't right that officers we went out and trained and they went and cleaned the boat
1: you know we well, I was and, I was telling my guys that it's wor- it's worse watching somebody <clears throat> clean than it is actual cleaning like yeah. sitting there with trying to be a flashlight and like point stuff out I'd rather just be doing it yeah and then that way it's like you don't have to sit there with a with your flashlight and look over all these spots you just clean like it's easier
0: Right. Right. Although I did have fun trying to find people sleeping during field. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what helps being enlisted. Cause you know, all the sleeping spots. So I just find them all. Cause I knew where <laughs> I used to
0: hide. Right. Right. I don't know if he's out there somewhere, but Petty Officer McKinney, he was great at finding the hiding spots. <laughs> we always, I'd always find him. So, <laughs> so you, you, um you have on your social, uh, your links and I've heard you mention it too. And, and a lot of people that talk to you on your podcast they sometimes call you the people's warrant, and I love that and uh what do you, what do you mean by that when, by that title
1: uh, so i'm a I'm a wrestling fan uh w w e guy so uh people's champ obviously uh going by the rock, but I love it anyway but uh i, I think that thing is i I tend to look out um for the guys when we talk about uh maintenance or anything that they're trying to do uh when I'm on the ship I, you often see me in cruise mess eating with them, hanging out with those guys, finding out what's going on in the ship. Because if you want to find out the tone of the ship, it's not talking to the CO, it's not talking to XO. Go find that E5 that's on board the boat, that guy, the normal everyday guy that's doing the job, and he'll tell you exactly what's going on in that ship. Um, Everybody else is trying to paint you these rose-colored glasses that you can look on board with. But you find that tempo about, hey, are the guys on cruise mess? Are they having a good time? Do they like being there, or is everybody just going to rack going to sleep because they hate the place? Mm. That's kind of the, where you get the tempo of the ship and find out exactly what's happening. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, hanging out in spaces that everybody's like me. I want to get in touch with those the the sailors that are actually doing the work and putting that effort in all the time.
0: Mm, I love it. I always say you you learn more in the break room than you do in the boardroom.
1: Oh I mean, yeah, that's for sure. uh,
0: very true. So, or the wardroom in, in that case. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, just curious. I mean, you you did you did most of your career enlisted. You got up to senior chief, right? And then went went over to Warren, um, got your commission. How did you develop your leadership style? Did you have mentors? Did you have a leader that you looked up to, or leaders you looked up to that you wanted to emulate? Did you have some bad leaders that you said, "Well, I don't. I never want to be that way." I mean. How did your leadership style develop?
1: Um, I'd never really say the most instrumental person probably being involved in my transition to the wardroom. Uh, there's a lot of guys I look up to. Um, the guy, Josh Razor got me in this program. Um, guys like Nick Church, uh, guys like Jason Pittman. Uh, those guys have made this transition a lot easier for me. Be being a guy going to the wardroom and doing that kind of thing. Um, Uh, obviously I've had some bad leaders and um, I've talked to a lot of people about that. Um, And I use this analogy. It's kind of cheesy, but bear with me. Um, (laughs) I use leadership as like a toolbox. Right. And so over the time you have a toolbox, you get in the Navy, it's empty. Right. You don't know what anything is. And then over time you collect things. Right. And you're like, Oh, I like this. I'm going to use that for later on. And then for some things you're just like, Oh, well, I see the way he does things. I don't like that at all. So I'm never going to do that. Um, and so you pick, pick and choose what you keep in your toolbox and what you throw away. Um, those are a lot of things that I've experienced in being in the Navy 20 years plus now. I've been able to do that for a long period of time. So it's been, been able to help me, you
0: know, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of leaders. I open up their toolbox and all there is is a hammer,
1: so. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, and that's bad too because I mean I'm not a yeller. I'm not a screamer. Um, I probably count on maybe one or two hands the times I've had to yell yell at people. Uh, Captain Pittman likes to say it's a standard setting event. You know, um, sometimes you got to do that. But it usually if it's somebody like that or you're yelling, then they're like, "Damn, you pissed him off." He never yells like then they know it's like it's serious, right? Um, sometimes you got to use a disappointed dad talk. I mean, it's all it all depends on what you're what you're
0: dealing with, you know? we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors is your boss a jerk i understand you're in the hospital but i'm gonna need you to come in today do they lack any ability to actually lead people oh it's fine i'll, I'll just find somebody else that can do it okay john is offering a new service just for you for only ten dollars he will anonymously mail a copy of his best-selling book i have the watch to your boss with a personal note go to i and enter the discount code boss at checkout It's what I drink every day. Bottom Gun is offering a discount to the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to BottomGunCoffeeCompany.com and enter the discount code DEEP at checkout. Bottom Gun Coffee, the taste that's qualified. What, what would you say some characteristics of a great leader are?
1: Um, a couple of words stick out to me. Um, like empathy is one. Um, the reason why I say that is because it's like we talked about earlier is a lot of people lose that, what the higher ranking they go. Right. So uh, we all like to think that we're perfect sailors when we are a junior and that we never made mistakes and we don't have empathy for junior sailors that make mistakes and like, uh, that are going through the ranks, trying to accomplish what we did. Um, so I think empathy is one, you gotta have empathy for those guys screwing up. I mean, they make mistakes. Sometimes those guys do deserve a captain's mask, but sometimes they don't, you know, so you have to find that balance. Uh, humility is one. Um, one thing that sticks out to me is I uh, I've seen situations where, uh, senior leaders aren't humble. Uh, they'll get junior sailors that'll want to come talk to them and just unload on them. Sometimes you just got to be a listening board. Right. And just sit there and like let somebody unload on you. But then they turn that conversation around and they'll make it all about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of senior guys would be like, Oh yeah, this is my situation. I was like, that's not what that guy wanted. He wanted to talk to you. He just wanted you to listen. Mm-hmm. And so humility is something I don't think that we have. Sometimes I think we need to experience that and be like, Hey, um, this person wanted me to, to listen to their problems. I just need to listen. And if they want to they want to answer, then they'll ask. But sometimes just people just want to vent, man. Mm. And um, I think we just want to make the conversation all about ourselves instead of like hearing what the other person has to say. And then uh, the third thing I said is uh, courage. Uh, and that's, courage is not just like, hey, I'm running into this fire or I'm running into this firefight. It means the you know, when you see things that are going badly, it's like you said, in that room full of yes, men. are you going to be that guy that says, Hey, this is not a good idea. And a lot of people are more worried about putting on the next rank than they are about saying the things that need to be said. So like, Oh, I don't want to piss my boss off instead of just helping him out and telling him the right answer. You know?
0: I like that courage to stand up, not so much, uh, you know, running into a fire, like you said, but a courage to stand up and, And, you know, say when things are wrong and uh, they need to be corrected. I think you're right. I think, um, you know, at least my observation from the corporate world is a lot of people live in fear. They live in fear of being fired or not being promoted or worried about that next rung on the ladder. And so they will not have courage. They won't stand up. They'll just, oh, that's what you want me to do? Okay, I'll go do it because they want to get that promotion. They want to get that next pay raise. And I think, um, you know, I always say that uh, corporate America is, is very soul sucking. You feel, you know, you really feel like you can't be yourself. Everyone is just sort of, you know, um, I don't know, playing the game, and it's uh, right. it's not good. <laughs> it's not yeah, it's I mean, not good for the long term. I did twenty two years, and and uh, I probably did about twenty probably twenty years too many. So,
1: <laughs> I'll be honest with you, the navy, um, the navy when it comes to uh, wardroom or type senior type leadership it's turned into that though. It's mm. the kind of the same, similar kind of thing. Um, it's not, Hey, uh, you're speaking out for what's right. It's like you're bucking the system. And then, I mean, people are gonna like, Oh man, I think the same thing as you. And they'll tell you behind the scenes that they agree with you, but they won't do it when it's times time to it because they're like, dude, you're better man than me. Like, I don't know if I would have said that, but I'm like, aren't we all supposed to do that? Like, mm. that's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Like uh, if you look at, if you look at the Navy Corps, core values and you talk about honor courage and commitment it talks about courage and it talks about even when it facing adversity you're supposed to do that mm-hmm. so it doesn't mean it when it's convenient it means it all the time
0: I love it that's so true yeah, yeah. well my uh, you'll love this story when my in my next uh, book coming out i tell the story about uh, as an 01 I questioned an, an 06 in the control room so yeah. Yeah. he was wrong and well, I had to bring it up but I got a chance to uh, go down to his stateroom and get a get a talking to afterwards. That must have been
1: fun. <laughs> that must have been fun.
0: So it's a it's a good story. Actually, we we um, hey, he was he was an amazing captain, uh, Captain Moore. And, okay, yeah, uh, I
1: remember you talking about that on uh, Midwatch. Yeah,
0: so he's he's an amazing guy, and uh, so we tur- turns out he was just an incredible mentor to me. But that was our first interaction was me questioning something he did. So, yeah. but not a good idea to do as an O one. So.
1: Yeah, I did that. I did that when I was at E7 to uh, 06 and it didn't go well for me. But I, I mean, I, I still stood my ground. I wasn't I wasn't backing down. I told him he was wrong. And he didn't like I told him he was wrong in front of everybody. I was like, but you're telling everybody this wrong information. Mm. and it was it was about it was about torpedo stuff so that was my stuff so i
0: was like oh no. you knew that yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry I, yeah. I don't care where you are as a oh yeah i don't know if you're 06 or 05 you don't know as much about torpedoes as you, as you would know so cool. <laughs> i wouldn't question that so let's uh let's talk a little bit about uh sailors and sticks i think this is great um uh i don't even know how you how or when it got started but tell us a little bit about when you started why you started and what was the whole purpose behind it because what I've seen is it's just growing and growing and growing and I think it's more than 1300 members I don't even know the right number if that's right but
1: I I got a buddy of mine he messaged me the other day he's like man I wish my stock portfolio looked like your group messages like (laughs) as far as yeah it's it's nuts man like I I didn't expect it to take off like it would uh so a buddy of mine Nick Church and I we started it um Nick and I are really close. We hang out a lot. We uh we used to go over we used to go over to his house or go to lounges and smoke and hang out and just shoot the shit, you know, normal submariner stuff. And uh he he brought it up and like we talked about it, and he was like, We should do this for a group of people. And I was like, Well, yeah, we're all sailors, and then he called cigar sticks, and I was like, uh he was like, Yeah, we should call it sailors and sticks. And I was like, That sounds good to me. And uh, it kind of started off as this little Facebook group, and, like, we didn't do anything with it for almost a year, I'll be honest with you. It kind of sat there. It was maybe had, like, 20 people in it, and we'd, like, talk about it and do certain stuff. And then so I reached out to my uh, tattoo artist, who's tattooed Nick and I both now, um, and she was like, yeah, I'll do you guys a logo. And then once we got the logo, I think it kind of took off from there because we had, like, identifier and uh, things like that. And so people were out identified, and then we just uh, – honestly just came out doing t-shirts hats. But, uh, I mean, the background behind it is more like a a mental health thing for a lot of us. It's like, it gives us a place to bond, you know, gives that connection to people that are out, uh, the connection to the people that are out that are still in. Um, and it, I mean, it's just in a world full of negativity, it creates that positive environment just for all of us to get together and do good stuff. Uh, the thing we did for the USO raised $10,000 for them. That's uh, amazing. The with bon Shard guys uh we've just done uh meetups uh just different locations, guys that hanging out uh guys that normally wouldn't have a place to go or people to bond with uh they have that now because of the group, so uh, it's kind of taken on a mind of its own, like people are just interactive with it and I love it so it's a it's a positive thing and i I hope it keeps growing
0: I think it is and I know for me at least personally you know, having been out of the Navy a long time, I've always missed that camaraderie of the crew, the ship, the, you know, the times off the boat, you know, that, you know, there was a bond that was something special and you really don't have that once you leave this, the service, it's, it's just hard to, you know, have that connection. And for me, at least I feel even, even, you know, just being part of it just feels like I'm, you know, back on the boat again. I've got a crew again. I've got, you know, and, and listening to your podcast as well, it just cracks me up. I can't stop laughing. When I'm listening to you guys having the conversations because it's exactly the conversations you have when right. you're standing these long watches and you're you know making holes yeah. in the ocean, not really doing yeah. too much. Yeah. And Everything you know. There's no there's no limit to where the conversation goes. And that's no, I like.
1: mean, and that's the best thing about it is uh, I, and then that group, I don't remember what the what's the game called? Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or five degrees? Right, whatever right, right. Whatever that game is called, like this group is like that it's like oh you know this guy i know this guy and so like we've connected so many people that haven't talked to each other in years and they're like oh i didn't know you remember this group or like somebody messaged me because they were smoking and grotting in the smoke pit and some guy had a sales and sticks like patch on and they were like oh you know that guy and then like it's just it's just really connected a lot of people that have lost touch with each other so i love that kind of stuff man that's stuff brings, yeah. that stuff brings like a warming to my heart and even though it's cold it brings it warm <laughs> to my heart to hear it
0: like that's <laughs> awesome i like it i love it i think it's great and um and the podcast too i mean um you know that's that's kind of an extension of the the group and um just hearing you know you guys uh having those conversations is it's just it's it's really good and and you've gotten a chance to meet up with a number of different cigar cigar manufacturers people who are marketing yep. cigars a uh, Cigar shops, it's kind of neat. I'm I'm sure it's probably surprised you the, the kind of guests you've had on.
1: Yeah, so we've had a uh, one guy, uh, and you should probably have him on your show too. Uh Mike, uh he does pale horse uh coffee no. and cigars. He's a great like I I swear to God, that guy is a cigar like nerd. He knows everything. Like everything when it comes to cigars, and I, I mean nerd in a positive way, like that guy is He's high energy, but he knows a lot about everything. And uh, he was a former co Steve but a uh, very solid guy. Um, does a coffee and cigar business, and he's he's definitely cranking along, man. And like, he's one of our most memorable guests we've had because he just taught Nick and I a lot of stuff. And not to mention, like, he found out we were doing this, and he was like, "Hey, I got all this audio equipment that I'm not using. Mm. Uh, do you guys want it?" He just gave it to us. Oh, and, wow. uh, and it was like – it was just nothing, but it was like for him to do that was a big deal to Nick and I because we're dealing with uh, iPhone and, like, a mic that we bought off Amazon. So, I mean, it's it's bare bones. And as well as you know, nobody's funding – Nobody's funding this business but us, so.
0: right? Right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love it, and uh, I did. I did go out and get some Pale Horse cigars uh, after that episode, and I enjoyed yep. them. So I, I think yeah, I probably good. have a few more in the humidor. So
1: it's a really solid. It's, it, he makes a solid stick, man, and that, that stuff. He blends his own. He blends his own blend, and he, they like they sell it out of this coffee shop too. So uh, yeah, he's definitely a guy you want to pick his brain if you're talking about anything bourbon cigars related. That guy knows his stuff, man.
0: Okay, good. Well, I, I wrote it down, so I need to hook up with them. So yeah. that's great. So um, what, what's been the response so far, like as you've done the podcast, if you had the meetups, if, as you run uh, the Facebook group, you know, what, what type of feedback have you had from, from maybe people who are active duty, people that, are, that are, uh, have been retired or have left the Navy like myself?
1: Uh, so we talked a little bit about earlier, but uh, the big thing when I talk to everybody about how, what they like about the group it was like uh it was kind of our space to just be us, you know. And there wasn't like any like political stuff. There was no like that kind of that kind of stuff in the group. It was just like, hey, bourbon cigars, sea stories, you know, that kind of that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And with everything on social media being so like divided and everything else, it was just a nice place for everybody to get together that all we're all sailors, you know, and we just all get along for certain things. And we all like certain cigars. We like bourbon, we like whiskey. And it was, uh, it was just a place for us to meet up. And the positive, the positive thing about the response has just been great. Um, I mean, you see, everybody got together to give me a tramp stamp tattoo. So that was, a. Uh,
0: I did contribute that was, uh, to that, by the way. I yeah, had,
1: I had that was, to. I Thank you very much. Appreciate
0: it. Um, <laughs> I had to be a part of that. Right?
1: I know. And I mean, I appreciate it. But like, there were people messaging me, like, send me the link. And I was like, I'm not sending you the link. I don't want to get this. <laughs> so like, I'm not going to help you with this endeavor. Like, you have to ask Nick. I'm not helping you in this problem at all. Like, if you can't find it, that's good for me. Because I'm not getting it if I if you guys don't raise the money.
0: But, I mean well, I, I I loved it and I loved I mean that's part of the fun of, of yeah. what you guys are doing and and, and you know, I, I you know not only did you did they raise the money you did it and, and you put photos online yeah. and it just kind of cracked me up so
1: the, the lady with the lady who did it, it was my tattoo artist who did the logo for us like there were literally tattoo artists coming in and out and they're like hey man I heard you lost a bit <laughs> and I was like yeah and they're like can I see it and I was she was like doing it and they' were like that's hilarious and I was like yeah i'm glad my i'm glad my bet could be your source of humor of humor like i'm glad
0: Uh, (laughs) but you went through with it that's
1: something i wouldn't so yeah most people told me they would most people messaged me they're like dude i wouldn't have done that and i was like yeah i'm a man of my word i'm not gonna back out of it i'm gonna do it but it's not my favorite tattoo if that's what you're asking
0: (laughs) wow Well, it's funny. My my son, as I mentioned earlier before the show, he leaves for the Navy in two weeks for going up to Great Lakes for boot camp. And uh, we've been talking about tattoos and, and he's like, Oh, I'm going to get tattooed. I'm going to, Oh, well, we'll," you know, take it easy. You know, (laughs) one day at a time. Don't get uh, loaded up in the first days. No, he doesn't have any right now. So
1: yeah, I would, I would stress to him as a parent, like make sure you like, you decide what you want. Like, I mean, there's, so for me, right. Like, everybody sees me and like, I'm literally tattooed all everywhere, but like they forget the fact that I have a 20 plus year career and doing what I've been doing. Right. So like a lot of people go tattoo their whole body. I'm like, dude, you haven't even done this for a long time. And I mean, I mean, for a lot of people, they call them like job stoppers when they tattoo their hand, but I'm like, I have a career in the Navy. So if you don't have that, I would strongly suggest not to go down that path that early. If you're not, this is not what you're going to do.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, it's been, we've had some fun conversation. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so, well, so what, what's next for you? What's next for sailors and sticks? Uh, what's going on in your life?
1: Um, so for me, I've been, I've been traveling uh, a lot, actually. I mean, I use that hashtag travel harder than me. Uh, Cause I do travel all the time. Uh, I spent the last month here, month doesn't change with my wife up in Oregon. I've uh, been doing that. Uh, it was, I, I I love that place, man. It's beautiful up there. Uh, so much places to go, walking, hiking, uh, great outdoors place. Even found a cigar shop owned by a Navy guy. Um, so he served on the battleship USS Missouri. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he owns a cigar shop in, in Oregon. So I random, randomly ran into him. Uh, I would smoke there every week, hang out there, uh, did that right now I'm doing the quarantine thing and then, uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen to me next out there. Honestly, it's kind of like unknown, but, uh, doing the the COVID protocols as we speak. And, uh, for sales and sticks, uh, Nick and I've been talking, uh, I'm trying to do something here on the West coast for us. Uh, now that I'll be, be out here on this side of the world. And then, um, uh, he's going to do the east coast thing but uh we're just trying to branch everybody together because i know obviously being out of uh, virginia where we were we most of our crowd is there but uh i'm, I'm trying to make this a, a nationwide even a worldwide thing as a, as we keep going on because i think it's good for a lot of the sailors that that are involved in it
0: i think it's going to continue to grow i think once you get over there and get settled and people hear about you i think it's going to keep growing because i think it's it's at least for me, I was naturally attracted to it. I mean, I like bourbon, I like cigars, if I, and I'm a former, you know, submariner. So why would um, I not hang out with you guys?
1: <laughs> a question, a question I like for you: What would you like to? What would you like to see from our group? Like, if if we're not doing it, if we are doing it, what would you like to see more of? Um, what kind yeah, of? Yeah, I
0: you? I really did like. Um, I think you know. You did, some, you did a joint podcast with the Test Step guys. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, you had, like, prizes, and, and it was uh, sort of live. You did a live Instagram, and people were, you know, commenting. And it was sort of like all the characters we had heard from previous shows were online. I think Jason was online. People were commenting. That was a lot of fun. I really felt like... <laughs> that you know i almost felt like i was part of that you know even though i was just really watching it i was i was on my back porch i had a bourbon and a cigar and i felt like i kind of was in the room with you guys so i think that those live events are kind of fun i mean not all the time but i thought that was really good cause yeah can- so
1: i'm more of a by the seat of the pants guy and uh nico was freaking out about that because he was like are we sure we got this and i was like it's probably gonna be fucked up man like i was like let's just wing it. We'll see what happens. He was like, I don't like that. And I was like, well, let's just do it, man. It's fine. And uh, he's like, you're always just so like, let's do it, whatever. And I was like, yeah, man, it's good. And like, so (laughs) me and uh, me and Ellison were talking about it and like, we figured it out, man. But I I think people appreciate content regardless of whether it's perfect or not. Like we made an effort. We tried. Are there some things that we could have done better? Yeah. The echo sucked. There were a bunch of shit that was fucked up. But you know what, like we put something out and the guys were like, hey, these guys are getting involved and then they got, they raised money for me to get a tramp stamp. So there was all- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think everything about that was, was really yeah. good. I mean, yeah. those, I mean, I think keep, keep the podcast going. I really enjoy that. But I think those live events occasionally are fun, um, you know, for guys like me who are not really connected with that world. And We can just sit and have a, have a cigar, have, you know, drink some bourbon, listening to you guys kind of. And, and you know what? The the number one podcast in America is not scripted. So right. I think that's okay. It's okay not to I have agree. a plan. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I jotted down some notes from this, but, like, I don't want to be a scripted thing. I mean, sometimes you go off on, sometimes you go off on tangents, and sometimes that makes the whole thing better, you know?
0: Right, right, exactly. So. Yeah. But well, I just don't have Jamie to bring it up. When, yeah. <laughs> when... <laughs> just need a Jamie, yeah. so. Well, very good. Um, This has been a lot of fun, Brian. I really appreciate you being on the show and sharing your, your story, your wisdom. And I just encourage you to keep things up with the sailors and sticks. I really think it's great and um, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's great to have, to hear from someone who cares about people and, you know, getting down to that deck plate level and, and really treating people with respect and, and, um, and, and and understand where the, you know, the best ideas come from, not, not the wardroom, but, but, but in the cruise mess and, and being with the people and, and, uh, that E five, like you mentioned, really checking and making sure, you know, the mood of what's happening. So really thought that was powerful stuff.
1: No, I appreciate you having me. Um, this means a lot, uh, to be invited on, uh, somebody's, uh, podcast, what their platform is. I mean, cause I know what you represent. So I, I appreciate events like this and, uh, I just want to continue and go forth and do good things, uh, the Navy is a big evolving machine, and uh, I think a lot of people realize, like like you talked about, the impact that you make is big. Uh, if you continue to do that, whatever command or whatever place you show up to, it's always going to have an effect. But you have to realize your impact, and I think a lot of people don't realize their individual impact that they can do that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, we can all think back at leaders that we that we work for, and some have left a positive impact on us and some have left a negative impact, but whatever, you know, we're always leaving impact, right. As leaders, we're always impacting people. And, you know, I choose to make a positive impact. Sounds like you're trying to do the same thing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to do that. I mean, I think when it comes to what we do, no matter whether it's in the military or it's in the corporate world is that um, you can motivate with a lot of positive reinforcement better than you can with negative, you know, um, a lot of people, nobody shows up to their job saying, Hey, I want to do this job the worst time I can ever do it. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be bad at what I do, but over time they get jaded, um, through things that get jaded out of command. And so you always want to be that person that's like, Hey man, like that takes care of them and positively reinforces them in a, in a good way. You know, I, yeah, I,
0: I agree a hundred percent. That's great. Well, thanks, Brian, and thank you for being on the show. And really appreciate you being here.
1: All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well.